Good evening. Good evening. If you would, open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 13. We'll be looking at the entire chapter tonight. Disobedience is costly. Now, if you think about disobedience and obedience, we can be 99% obedient. We can do 99% of the things that God calls us to do. But if we disobey in one area, if we disobey in one thing, we're disobedient. <coughs> now, why is that? It's because God does not want 99%. He doesn't want 90%, 95%, or 99%. He wants 100%. So in a sense, we can be obedient 99% of the time, disobedient one time, and it's like we're disobedient in all things. And that's what we see in this chapter. Cut 1 Kings 13, and we'll look at verses 1 through 34. And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the commandment of the Lord unto Bethel, and Jeroboam stood by the altar to offer incense. And he cried against the altar by the commandment of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he sacrifice the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee, and they shall burn men's bones upon thee. And he gave a sign the same time, saying, This is the sign that the Lord hath spoken. Behold, the altar shall rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall fall out. And when the king had heard the saying of the man of God, which he had cried against the altar of Beth in Bethel, Jeroboam stretched out his hand for the altar, saying, Lay hold on him, but his hand which he put forth against him dried up, and he could not pull it in again to him. The altar also clave asunder, and the ashes fell out from the altar according to the sign which the man of God had given by the commandment of the Lord. Then the king answered and said unto the man of God, I beseech thee, pray unto the Lord thy God, and make intercession for me, that mine hand may be restored unto me. And the man of God besought the Lord, and the king's hand was restored, and it became as it was before. Then the king said unto the man of God, Come home with me that thou mayest dine, and I will give thee a reward. But the man of God said unto the king, If thou wouldest give me half thine house, I would not go with thee, neither would I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so was it charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat no bread nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way, and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. And an old prophet dwelt in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel, and the words which he had spoken unto the king told they their father. And their father said unto them, What way went he? And his sons showed him what way the man of God went, which came from Judah. And he said unto his sons, Saddle me the ass, who saddled him the ass, and he rode thereon. And he went after the man of God, and found him sitting under an oak, and he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that camest from Judah? And he said, Yea. Then he said unto him, Come home with me, and eat bread. But he answered, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee. 
Neither will I eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Thou shalt eat no bread nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by the way that thou wentest. And he said unto him, I am a prophet also, as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him again with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. So he went again with him, and did eat bread in his house, and drank water. And as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him again. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Because thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord, and hast not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but camest back again, and hast eaten bread and drunk water in the place whereof he did say unto thee, Thou shalt eat no bread, nor drink any water. Thy carcass shall not come into the sepulchre of thy fathers. And when he had eaten bread and drunk, he saddled him the ass to wit, and the, to the prophet whom he had brought again. And when he was gone, a lion met him by the way, and slew him, and his body was cast in the way. And the ass stood thereby, and the lion stood by the corpse also. And behold, men that passed by saw the carcass cast in the way, and the lion standing by the corpse. And they came and told it in the town where the old prophet dwelt. And when the prophet that brought him back again from the way heard thereof, he said, It is the man of God who hath been disobedient unto the commandment of the Lord. Therefore the Lord hath delivered him unto the line which hath rent him, and slain him according to the word of the Lord which he spake unto him. And he spake to his son, saying, Saddle me the ass. And they saddled him, and he went and found his body cast in the way. And the ass and the lion stood by the corpse, and the lion had not eaten the body nor torn the ass. And the prophet took up the body of the man of God, and laid it upon the ass, and brought it again. And the old prophet came to the city to lament and bury him. And he laid his body in his own grave, and they lamented over him, saying, Alas, my brother. And when he had buried him, he spake to his son, saying, When I am dead, bury ye me also in the sepulcher, wherein the man of God is buried, lay my bones beside his bones. For that thing which he cried by the word of the Lord against the altar that is in Bethel, and against all the houses of the high places which are in the cities of Samaria, shall surely come to pass. Howbeit after this Jeroboam converted not from his wicked way, but turned again and made of the lowest of the people priest of the high places, who would, might consecrate himself, and be of the priest of the high places. And this thing turned to sin unto the house of Jeroboam, even to root it out, and destroy it from the face of the earth. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us tonight, Lord, as we worship. Just give us an insight and understanding into your word. And Lord, I just pray, again, if there is anyone that needs to make any decision, that you would speak to their hearts tonight. Just be with me, Lord, and give me the words to say. And Lord, I just pray that you would bind down Satan and no part of this service. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, what's going on in this chapter? Now, this is after Israel had split into two kingdoms. Jeroboam was the first king of the northern kingdom. And what we see is he was sinful. He was leading the people of the northern tribe, the northern tribes, to offer incense on altars that he had built in Bethel, and if you look back in chapter 12, he had also built an altar in Dan. And he had made golden calves and put them at these altars. 
And he was telling the people, and you can see this in chapter 12, verses 28 and 29, and he was telling the people, these are the gods that led you out of Egypt. And he had put one at Dan and one in Bethel. Now Bethel was roughly 11 miles from Jerusalem. And Jeroboam was doing this because he did not want people going into Jerusalem to worship. Because he thought if the people left the northern kingdom and went to Jerusalem to worship God, then they would just stay down there. And then pretty soon all the people would leave the northern kingdom and Israel would be reunited. So what he was doing is he had made these altars and he was burning incense on these altars. And the Lord called a prophet to go from Judah into Israel and to declare a prophecy against these altars, against you know, these idols that they had there and the altars that they were using. Now, if you think about something, just as an aside, where Jeroboam had pretty much turned all the people into worshiping these calves, these golden calves and sacrifice at these high places, how quickly the people forgot David and Solomon. It hadn't been 40 or 50 years since, since David. You know, Solomon hadn't been dead that long. So how quickly the people forget. So Jeroboam was sitting there worshiping and leading the people to worship these false gods because the people pretty much had forgotten God. But the Lord calls this prophet to go into Israel and speak against these altars. And the, and the prophet speaks a remarkable prophecy against these altars. Because if you look at what he says, he says there's going to be a king born to the house of David named Josiah who's going to destroy these altars. He's going to sacrifice the priests of these altars upon them and burn their bones and pretty much desecrate these altars. Now why is this a remarkable prophecy? We see it take place in 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 15 through 20. And it's remarkable because it was 300 years later. So God is telling them what is going to happen 300 years later. And what was the sign that this prophet gave that it would come to pass? He said that this altar is going to break in half and all the ashes are going to fall out. And we see that's what happened. But then, after he had given that prophecy, Jeroboam stretches out his hand to grab the pre or the prophet, and his hand withers. And then he asked the prophet to heal him, to pray to God to heal him. And the Lord did. But now we come to the part of obedience and disobedience. Thus far, the prophet has been obedient. He's been obedient to the command of God. He's went into the northern kingdom, into Bethel, and he's delivered the prophecy. 
Now, Jeroboam asks the prophet to come home with him and dine with him, and then he would give him a reward. And the prophet said, no, I'm not going to do it because God has told me, commanded me not to eat or drink anything in the northern kingdom and not even to go back the way that I came. I'm to go a different route. So pretty much, you can come on in. Uh, Mammal gave me hers, and I locked it. That in. You steak, you want this? Well, I thought Brentley and Courtney in the car. All right. Okay, so what we see is that the prophet is told basically to make a circle. He comes from Judah into Israel, and then he's pretty much just to make a circle. He's not even to go back the way he came. He just makes a circle. And he's not to eat anything while he's there. He's just to go in, do the prophecy, and then come out. Roughly traveling about 60 miles. He would be roughly traveling about 60 miles. Now, when an old prophet heard what this prophet had done, he tells his sons to saddle his donkey, and he wants to go after him. And when he finds the man sitting under an oak tree, he asks the man to come eat with him, and the prophet tells this old prophet the command that God had given him. I'm not to do this. But then look at what happens. If you look in verse 18, this old prophet said, I'm also a prophet as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him again with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. He lied. This old prophet lies to him. And what does this young prophet do? He disobeys God three times. He turns around and goes back. He goes to this old prophet's house. He eats and he drinks. So he disobeys God three times. Now, think about something. When this old prophet said that, the young prophet could have asked God for guidance. You know, a lot of people would say, well, what happened to this prophet's unfair? Because this old man lied, so why did God kill this young prophet? Because disobedience is disobedience, regardless of how it comes to you. It doesn't matter that the old prophet lied. That's on that old prophet. The young prophet 
should have asked God's guidance. He knew God's command. He knew that God had said, don't go back the way you've come. Do not eat anything or drink any water in the northern kingdom. When the old prophet told him that, the young prophet could have prayed and asked God for guidance, and he didn't do it. He disobeyed. He disobeyed God. And he finds out really quick that he disobeyed God because when they were sitting there eating and drinking, the word of the Lord came to the old prophet and the Lord declares judgment. Because the younger prophet had disobeyed. Now again, one might argue that he was told a lie. That the old prophet lied and the punishment was unjust. But the punishment was just. The young prophet knew God's command for him. And he should have asked. He should have prayed and asked God's guidance. And he didn't do it. And as a result of his disobedience, punishment came swiftly. Think about that. He saddles the donkey and he leaves and punishment came swiftly. He hadn't even made it out of the area. A lion slew him on his way back. And when this was told to the old prophet, he went and gathered the guy's body and had him buried in a sepulcher. But I want you to think about something when we look at obedience and disobedience. Notice how this prophet, this young prophet, had completed most of what God had called him to do. He was 97% obedient, and he only disobeyed God in three areas. He went back, he ate, and he drank. But partial obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is nothing in the eyes of God. Partial obedience is disobedience. It's costly, and it's rebellion. Turn over to 1 Samuel 15 real quick. And look at verses 22 and 23. Saul, King Saul was partial obedient. He had partial obedience. But partial obedience is disobedience. And this is what God tells him through Samuel. Look at what Samuel says. And Samuel said... Hath the Lord a great pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as when the voice of the Lord is obeyed? Look at that real quick. Hath the Lord as great pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as when the voice of the Lord is obeyed? What Samuel is saying is that the Lord takes greater pleasure in obedience. He wants us to obey 
Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken is better than the fat of rams, for rebellion, and look at this, for rebellion is as of the sin of witchcraft. Now what do we know about witchcraft in the law? What does God call it? He calls it an abomination. He calls witchcraft an abomination. What's the other sin he calls an abomination? Homosexuality. He says witchcraft is an abomination and rebellion is just the same as witchcraft. Disobedience is the same as witchcraft. It's an abomination in the eyes of God. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and transgression is wickedness and idolatry. Because thou hast cast away the word of the Lord, therefore he hath cast away thee from being king. Obedience and disobedience. We're to obey. God wants us to obey. Disobedience, regardless of how obedient you have been, disobedience is disobedience. Again, you could be obedient 99% of the time. God looks at it as disobedience because he wants 100% in all that he commands. All that he commands, he wants 100%. Disobedience is costly. It is rebellion and sin against God. Thus we are to obey. We are to obey God and his command at all times. Now ask yourself. Ask yourself. Are you obedient or are you disobedient? And then think about all the things God has commanded you to do. Have you been doing them 100%? Because if you have not been doing them 100%, you are disobedient. He calls us to do, when he calls us to do things, he wants 100% at all times. Let's stand for prayer. <clears throat> Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we can just learn from it. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us as we go into this time of invitation. Lord, if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, I pray you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us. Overshow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Number 280, Jesus.